But you want to hear what what I found in this article? Yes, I do. Oh no. Yes, sir. So they were talking about how like they Disney acquired the rights from Nickelodeon, right? And they go, the result is sweet vindication of sorts for Disney, whose pockets Nickelodeon had picked for years when it came to children's programming. If the movie is successful, they're talking about the Doug movie. Yeah. Uh, the Doug franchise wah, could wah. be worth more than one hundred million dollars to Disney. <laughs> 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 are you are you are you ready funny expensive Mwanana. whatever be happy hey everyone Welcome back to The Funny Papers, a show where three 30-somethings share collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam. Bazingo. And Jim. Young Sheldo. Today, we cover episode 24, part one of Doug. And if you're following along on YouTube, this is episode 18 due to the time break. (laughs) In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. Episode 24, part one's title is Doug's on stage. Trash tier episode. God awful. <laughs> just not the worst. I agree. Just, yeah. just a dumpster fire for several reasons. The most prominent is they've already done this episode. Uh, yes. <laughs> but th- then they flip all the characters' motivations to where Judy's like good now? Like her weird art is acceptable to Doug? Oh, they flip motivations within the episode. Yeah. It's fucking baffling. There's no... I. No one has any idea as to what they want, but things just happen in the plot. And they flip it so suddenly. Like, it's not yeah, like there's, there's no like a build momentous... up, there's no setup, there's nothing. It's just like. Yeah, there's no reason. It's just I like. I think we, hey. may, we may actually finally know where the time break occurred. This episode is where the time break happens. Okay. What do you mean? Explain your reasoning. We'll get there when we get there, but there's enough uh, complete 180s of characterization at the midway mark here that this explains why we jump from this being the 24th episode to the 18th at the same time as literally everything changes and things that would not be possible if we didn't jump from timeline A to timeline B occur. Okay, okay. I think... The way to look at this episode is not on its own merits, in which case it's god awful. <laughs> it's but, impossible. <laughs> but as a study of what it is like to undergo a time break in and of yourself. Okay, so this is going to be a very meta episode, I guess, right? Yes, <laughs> not gonna... least because the subject matter is something that literally nobody on the face of the planet cares about. It has to be because there's nothing in this episode. This episode is just, ah. Uh... There's nothing to talk about here. I hate it. (laughs) Well, let's talk about it for the next hour. And so we begin with uh, every all the kids like at Doug's school. They're crowding around a bulletin board in the school uh, because it's time for the cast list to go up for the Bluffington annual Founders Day pageant. Doug says this is the day we were all waiting for. No, it's not. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Also, note that you don't get to choose whether or not you're in the Founders Day pageant. No, eat me, you're in this, Doug. Well, but the thing is, is that Doug is in it somehow, but there's so many people crowding around this, and none of them are in the pageant later. (laughs) They're all backstage. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they all got cut or something, and then Doug, who didn't even try out, was like, "Yeah, you're in it because you're the hero." <laughs> I don't know, I, man. This, this episode is so nonsensical. Like it may, like I usually watch the episodes twice. I couldn't do it for this one. <laughs> you're just burned out. I don't think it's the wor- I don't think it's the worst. I, like the haircut one's really fucking bad, but this one, this one made probably made me the angriest in terms of okay. just like in terms of just like incompetence. 
<laughs> this is the first one of these that I genuinely looked forward to recording with, with a sense of rising <laughs> dread. Oh, I thought because... you were going to say that you looked forward to it, and hooray, I get to talk about it. <laughs> I enjoyed this, doing this podcast with you, my friends. I desperately, desperately dreaded having to talk about this episode just because of how little there is to discuss. I was excited regardless of the subject matter. I'm pumped to talk with my friends. Kill and eat you. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, so basically, the hey, wait, hang on, Sam. You told us before that like you want ones that are bad because they make better content. I'm an agent of chaos. (laughs) (laughs) We know. Okay. Also, (laughs) in the background of this, like everybody crowding around the bulletin board, there's a like portrait of a. what looks like Fat Doug with a mustache. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Is that Butt Savage? I don't... We never see Butt Savage. So I think this part... Okay, there's one previous time when we've seen this bulletin board. Um, This is shown because on the same bulletin board, it has this poster for Earth Day, right? On this bulletin uh-huh. board. And we saw this one oh. on the episode when Doug got taken to Mr. Butt Savage's lair. So right now, this is the Hall of Principles. You remember, like, it's basically like the right, Hall of Principles. Right. There's a bunch of, like, portraits of previous principles. So... That is either a previous principal or Mr. Butt Savage, the current principal, or uh, some future principal that they have a picture right. of. Like, mm-hmm. He hasn't who knows? taken the office yet, but they have a portrait of him. Right, it's the prince in waiting. It's the principal right. in waiting. Yes. <laughs> it's the yellow king, but a principal. <laughs> Why is there a portrait of Roger up there? Maybe, <laughs> right. maybe it is Doug. Maybe it's just Doug after he like gains a bunch of weight and grows a funny-looking mustache. It's the reason he's qualified to run for mayor later is because he had previous experience as the principal. He will have experience as the principal because, as we all know, time is very sick. Right, exactly. Incredibly so. (laughs) Okay. Well, so they go up, uh, the bell rings, and everyone else goes to class except for Doug and Skeeter, uh, who instead decide to look at the casting list. Uh, the first thing they find is that Skeeter has been cast as Thaddeus Bluff, the founder of Bluffington. Uh, so we know that the, the 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 town is definitely named after the Bluff family then, right? Like, yeah. We sort of surmise that, but this is like concrete evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who, was, who was the founder of the school? Was that Hio Bluff? Remember that? Hio like, Bluff, yes. Hi-O we Bluff. can clearly delineate from this that Hio was uh, Thaddeus's absolutely good for nothing idiot nephew and so that's why you put him in charge of like, well make a, a school i guess children's school for babies yeah. yes yeah okay so okay so we've got a bit of like the hierarchy of the like cabinet of bluffington from this. yes <laughs> okay uh so we know that and then uh we find that roger has been cast as grendel the brave horse the front half and they all laugh. They're like, ha, ha, ha. He's the front half. And I then, wonder who's stuck with the back end. And it's Doug. Oh, no. <laughs> Jokes. Doug has to human centipede with Roger. Yep. And also, we zoom in on the like casting list. Grendel is a separate role from front half and back half. So yeah, Grendel has a voice actor as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grendel like, has a lengthy singing role. It's yeah. the end of the first act. Exactly. That's that makes sense. Oh shit, I like that. They're like someone is cast as the soul of Grendel. Offstage. Yes. Okay. Uh, and Skeeter's hey, like, kids, ever watch True Grit? No, obviously. Is that my good burger? Yeah. Good things happen to a horse at the end of that movie. Oh man, yeah, he gets a he gets a voice actor with a singing role. He gets yep. a delicious hamburger from Kel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a good movie then you say. <laughs> he, he put the screw in the tuna. <laughs> you get that one, the audience? <laughs> you remember the nineties folks? Folks. 
Anyway, so uh, I'm sorry, I blacked out from pure rage there for a second. Uh, what are we doing? Because you were so angry that you didn't make that joke first. <laughs> I was too busy remembering the '90s to pay attention. Right. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Skeeter says, "Well, hey, it's not that bad, Doug. At least you get a tail." That's cool. Uh, no subtext. And uh, at least, yeah. So, uh, and then we find out that, oh my God, Judy is the director. Why? Oh, why? No. Why? <laughs> what? Why? why? How? Why and how? She doesn't even go here. <laughs> and even if she did, like, the, the conflict later is that she's making the play weird and artsy. Why would they hire her? They knew what she's about. Why would they do oh. this if they didn't want... Did Mrs. Wingo get shot? Okay, Why so didn't they pick you... Mr. Dink as the director? <laughs> yeah, someone else who doesn't Why go to the school. Why didn't they pick Mr. Bone? An adult! Who directed these things in the past. Okay, so here's the thought I had on the timeline for this, right? And maybe this is what you're talking about, Jim, for timeline, but... Uh, so the episode that you guys say we've done this episode before, it was the episode where Judy did a school play, right? That's what you guys mm-hmm. are talking about? Yes. Uh, it's So Judy came to the school, and Doug had to introduce her. It was like episode five or something. Uh, Doug introduced her as like, oh, no, you're my sister, but actually you put on a cool artsy play, right? So you would think... Maybe this takes place before that, right? Because it's like, oh... You'd think that, but... But, yeah, then immediately after that, they say it's fucking year two, right? They say last year... It's year two, and we're still all in the same class together. Same teacher, yep. Yeah, but at least Mm -hmm. they say, like... I guess everybody really liked that show she did last year, Doug. I bet that's why they picked her. Is that the first, like, continuity callback in this show? No, we had at least one callback. Chester is sort of a callback, but yeah, there's been a couple of them, like little. We had also continuity callback in the oh, what the hell, the Robo Bone episode because Porkchop was doodling the Rulemeister, indicating we already did this episode. You fucker. Well, I'm talking. That's sort of like an Easter egg. I'm talking about like just a direct like continuity thing. This well, is the most explicit yeah. continuity thing we've had done the, so far. Where they like directly reference yeah, the something happened episode. in the past that we're <laughs> referencing yeah. right now. Yeah, uh, man, I guess so. So and I guess due to the fact that it has been connected to something else in the great chronological morass that is Doug, there is a line for the time break to occur on. Okay. Kind of like, uh, you know that the line from uh, Dune, walk without rhythm and you won't attract the worm. This episode briefly made itself connected between two points on the timeline, and due to that momentary bit of order, the predators of, that caused the time break descend on it. It's only a matter of time before everything breaks. <laughs> So this is the moment when they make this call, it like sends an alert to the time police that are just like, yes. oh shit, alert, we gotta we gotta correct this, we gotta fix this, right? We have to blank everyone else's motivation in the episode. <laughs> it's like throwing raw meat overboard in shark-infested waters. Like, it's gonna take them a bit to get there, but it's not gonna be pretty once they arrive. <laughs> exactly. They just, they, just, they just bring the, the, the men in black things where they flash everyone's mind. <laughs> They're just like, oh shit, we gotta get there real That's quick. That's sort of what happens in this episode, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe someone, maybe there's a character who like physically represents the men in black. <laughs> I know which one it is, too. Oh, yeah, fuck. Okay, okay. I'm excited because I didn't think about that until now, so I'm excited that you've got this. Oh, man. Okay, so. They, they have this thought. They're like, hey, you know, it wouldn't be, maybe it's not so bad because she did that cool performance. Uh, but Doug imagines Judy uh, directing their show and like they're like directing their, their practice at least, right? And then Doug imagines Judy pulling out some of his underwear and saying that he left it in the bathroom this morning. Got it. And. Classic older sibling joke. He wears underwear, the freak. (laughs) How dare he? Or maybe it's that he's not wearing underwear now because he left it in the bathroom. (laughs) 
He but, brings underpants with him into the bathroom just to leave there. I'm still <laughs> not sure why. I'm trying to get you to stop, Doug. The easy way to fix this joke is to have something embarrassing on the underwear. Like, you know, like a a baby show or hearts or something. But they don't even do that. Yeah. It's just like, oh, he wears underwear. What a loser. Well, this is a callback, too, to the episode when Roger ran, ran his regular underwear up the flagpole. And uh-huh. it was just like, oh, you should be embarrassed because it's underwear. That's not a callback. <laughs> That's just local ambient Reusing a joke. Quote, unquote, yeah. joke. Good point, good point. So, yeah. so they're using multiple plots. <laughs> yeah. As they tend to do. This is where we do see the person who is the agent of the time cops, because in Doug's imagination, of course, everybody is laughing at him as the underpants are procured, and we see a character we've never seen before and we never see again. In okay. Doug's imagination alone, there is a pink-skinned dude with a long nose and a vaguely Dougish face otherwise who is laughing at him and who never appears again. I put it to you, this is an agent of the time cops appearing only in Doug's imagination as any actual evidence of him has been erased from the timeline. Holy moly. Wait, wait, wait. So this guy only appears in this one fantasy? Yep. Okay. It's incredibly obvious because there's about, like... There are only, uh, like, what, five characters total in the play, and there's six characters in Doug's imagination. Also, do you know oh. what the last episode there was before this time break happened? What's like, that? Episode 17 is Doug meets Fentruck, the sorcerer, who has broken okay. time. <laughs> You're saying in terms of, like, production order. Yeah, because 17 was... 17 Part 2 is Fentruck. I looked this up as soon as you said, like... Because we finally jumped back to 18 on like the yeah, youtube the backwards so i was like what's 17 oh yeah it's the one where the uh where we have theorized the sorcerer is uh running amok in bluffington okay time what attempts the- to heal but he sends one of his demonic minions into the astral plane to disconnect it yet further <laughs> <laughs> Even though Fentruck himself has disappeared into the astral. Right. Oh yeah, Fentruck himself is disincarnated. He has accomplished what he needs to do in the material. He was a realm. reagent for the spell. Yeah. Yeah, he was consumed in the casting cost. He's worth 200 gold. Yeah. <laughs> this cartoon has made us all terribly sick. <laughs> I mean, we know that from the everything about it. But <laughs> Hey, Mike, what do you have on your other monitor right now? (laughs) Well, as promised, I currently have on half of it, I have an image from the Doug musical, uh, which happened at Universal Studios, where everyone dressed as Doug characters, and they they sang about uh, the plot of the- Universal Studios, it was Disney. It was That's Disney right, Doug. Disney Studios. Yeah, they, they they sang about the plot of the first episode, and they wore awful costumes. And it's on YouTube, and we're going to do an episode on it at some point. It's an hour long. We're going to strap Jim down and make him watch it. <laughs> we're going to put him in the clockwork orange chair. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to like it. <laughs> oh, such sights I am to the, be shown. Uh, the eye drops, instead of just like wetting your eyes, it's going to be pure LSD. <laughs> My lawyers have advised me that no matter how much I'd like to escape this, if I don't do it, they'll kill my son. Jim, you signed a contract when we started this podcast. Yes, but that contract said, I want McNuggies. Yeah, the McNuggies come at a price. You've also (laughs) waived your right to ever have health insurance. (laughs) Yeah, eventually uh, Sam and I will get health insurance. (laughs) But Jim, you just get McNuggies. It says here that all suffering caused by you two will be extracted from my screaming flesh? <laughs> Weird. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. Let's move it's on. It's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> They're good McNuggies, though. I'll certainly grant you that. Yeah, we got you uh, We got you the special McDonald's sauce that everyone burned down McDonald's for. <laughs> oh, wow. God. Ketchup. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So... <laughs> So in this fantasy too, uh, so as like uh, Judy has, has slingshotted underwear onto Doug's head, uh, you can hear everyone laughs and then it occasionally is punctuated by people just yelling, underwear, underwear. Really? I didn't hear. That's awesome. 
it's it's so good like it's like you can't unless you listen with a keen dug ear it is only it only shows up like it like kind of is one of those sounds that you only really hear inside your mind it sort of pierces your consciousness (laughs) (laughs) like uh when's the last time you've been to the doctor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Have you thought about turning off that second monitor, Mike? Just no, somehow questions. the picture is bigger now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this was a GIF. <laughs> yeah, their eyes are changing colors. <laughs> Guys, did you know that Porkchop was larger than any character on the show? <laughs> His teeth are so sharp now. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> So, so uh, the underwear that Judy has slingshotted in the fantasy lands on Doug's dumb head, and then everyone spins around him and yells at him. Uh, and so then we cut out of this, back into the real world. And the time cop disappears. Okay, perfect. Uh, so then it goes to the real world, and Skeeter says a line that I thought was pretty awesome. Uh, he says, relax, Doug. Judy's pretty cool. She won't pull any funny stuff. And that's their family, right? Like, she's not, she won't pull any not cool funny stuff. Yep. <laughs> bingo, bango. <laughs> this is my little bong theory moment. Judy unfunny, am I right, folks? Yeah. <laughs> Just like that thing from culture. Remember the 90s, guys? <laughs> this is a weird episode so far. And I There's am nothing to in. latch onto, so my mind is just like wandering into, into <laughs> just strange and unknowable places. <laughs> I am legitimately dizzy right now. <laughs> yeah, we're taking in a lot of very high-level ideas. Yeah, it's Big probably the time. It, it's probably the time cops catching on to us and like sending phasers to stun. Yeah, us. our uh, brains are trying to reconcile the paradox. That's what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so naturally, when one of us starts speaking in Italian, it'll all make sense. <laughs> Grazie, Mamma Mia. Buongiorno. <laughs> Spaghetti. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, so, Judy, uh, then, like, so they're on stage. They're, like, getting ready. Uh, and Doug's in the horse butt costume. And then Judy, like, somebody, somebody who we haven't seen before. Definitely not Judy. Yeah, she comes up on stage. It's an old lady who comes from backstage and she says, Calm down, lady. We'll save you. Save you from what? From humiliation. <gasps> Judy. What is the point of this? It's what to show that Judy is oh, the master of desi- disguise. Kind of. I mean, it sets yeah. up that This joke. actually establishes something that will happen later. But so it's, it's I totally pointless what happens later. It doesn't need to yes. happen. It's totally pointless. For This is utterly pointless setup <laughs> and payoff. But yeah. it is set up and payoff. It is, again, they are chumming the waters of time with the shadow of continuity. Okay, hold on. So this, when we always talk about the time break and the episodes on YouTube, the order-wise, like this being episode 18, that episode, that order is production order. Like, we need to specify that. Like, the order that we're watching these in are in airing order. And in production order that this was 18, uh, that means they, and this is like, this is a season where they were just starting to learn to, like, set up visual gags and set up continuity <laughs> jokes. This is probably their first attempt. This is like, oh, you know what? I bet we could do this. This was like their pilot episode of trying to set up jokes. I bet we could make a joke. Right. <laughs> we could attempt to do humor. We could attempt to call back to previous things. And uh, they were punished for their hubris by the gods. Yeah, I think that's what this is. Right? Like, I... It's gotta be, right? <laughs> the alternative is that they're just really bad at their jobs. I think my yeah. pupils are two different sizes right now. <laughs> no. I didn't realize pork chop changed colors too in this picture. <laughs> like all of them. And his fur is like waving in the wind. Does anyone smell <laughs> copper? 
I don't know. I'm just hearing Patty Mayonnaise tell me that I am the chosen one and to take up the sword of Michael. Mike, you still got my sword. <laughs> yeah, it's a katana on the wall, and it's very cool. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll be by to pick that up later. I have it a has gun. an inscription in Elvish on it. <laughs> that inscription is, uh, ah, yes, Tanis Paratheo. I have a micro penis. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just barfing pennies right now on my keyboard. <laughs> That's how we pay for the podcast. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I'm an alchemist. Okay, so uh, I'm an alka something. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, Judy gives a, a a dramatic and inspiring speech. Look at you, your pathetic lumps of clay. Clay that I shall mold into actors extraordinaire. This is how I introduce myself whenever I walk into a room. Judy Dom's Doug. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, Doug then is just like, hey, uh, Judy, I think that these dramatics that you're pulling are going to make everyone quit and you should stop it. And And then she responds. Fuck you. Well, she responds and she says, I'm going to change the play. I'm going to change the script. I'm going to turn it into something cool like no one's ever seen. And then suddenly Doug is into it. He's like, actually, that's sick. They've spent the entire show showing that Judy is weird and nobody likes her art. Now she's like, oh, yeah, it's good. I like it. Though I did, they did, I liked the way they kind of tried to make this work insofar as she just says, Throw away your scripts. We're going to find the true meaning of this pageant. We're going to give Fluffington something they've never seen before. Are you with me? Will it get us out of class? Yes. Great. Why didn't you say so? And then everybody cheers, which in and of itself is a pretty okay gag. Yeah. Like, I mean, okay, sure, whatever. Weird art bullshit. We don't have to be in school for this. But Wingo think, has been in detox for a week. But I think Doug was into it before she said that. Like, I think Doug yes. was into it before uh, the line of, will it get into class? That was just kind of like the cherry on the top. Just 180s. And it's, it's, for no and it's kind of funny because, like, Doug has been so obsessed with, like, authority before now like he's been so obsessed with following the rules with doing the right thing with like but all Judy the adults approving is a more immediate and potent sense of authority if his mom and dad were there which i mean of course they're not they're at the hotel if they were there he'd appeal to them but as it stands given the choice between an authority that is present in his life at all times and the more distant authority He will yield to Judy immediately and without question. She says that we're doing this. This is how this is going to happen. Recall the (laughs) previous time that during the time that we did this same episode before. And maybe I can go up to her and I can convince her not to do it. And just she immediately goes, no, fuck you, I'm doing it. And he just sits down like, okay. Quick question. (laughs) Uh, Are his Doug's and Judy's parents at the play at the end? No. So it's a play being directed by their daughter and starring their son in a family show about Doug, and they don't show up. Yeah. Nope. That's that's Ah. correct. Okay. (laughs) It's like, I mean, Doug was also the star in the ballet, Uh and they didn't show up. Right. Right? Uh Uh-huh. Like, it's so (laughs) shitty. It sucks, man. You you could just have them, even if you don't want them to talk, just have them in the background. Yeah. Yeah, have them sitting next to fucking Skeeter's dad. Again, I circle back this anytime the subject comes up. Doug's dad is a photographer. This is the perfect excuse to bookend the episode because Doug's dad is taking a picture of Doug and crew doing whatever, and they could go over the moral together. That's an option. You have perfectly set yourself up for this, and then you have oops tripped down several flights of stairs and landed on eight distinct stab wounds. And somebody in the audience has a camera, and it's not Duck's dad. (laughs) 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 Holy shit. What the fuck was Jim Jenkins' relationship with his father? So awesome. (laughs) Oh my god, I... 
I can't I wait know, till he man. gets to the uh, parents episodes. I don't think there is a mom. Oh yeah, sorry. There are two. Pa- I know there's a mom episode and a dad episode. I it's cannot. It's probably because they got so many letters being like, "Hey, man." Hey, uh, <laughs> do they are they are they really at the hotel? <laughs> Say what you like about Disney movies, and, like, it was a gag at this time, like, as my own mother has not infrequently commented, yeah, you kind of gotta kill the parents or else there's not a show. Yeah. But at least if you've killed the parents, you understand why they're not there. Yeah. If you just say, oh, yeah, he's got parents, and they, in the very first episode, go fetch us food, Doug. Yeah, and, ah, man, it's just like... They not even like dinks in the episode in the uh, uh, audience like a surrogate father like yeah no it's... there is nobody provides any leadership at all outside of Judy. Wait, hang on, Judy's their parents went to Judy's school dance though as chaperones. Yep. Mm-hmm. But okay, fine. <laughs> what Good. did you have a point you were getting to, Mike? Nope. <laughs> Good. <laughs> You're learning. Yeah, no, I I know it's a lost cause at this point. Nothing matters. Yeah, nothing matters. Which is demonstrated by everybody is into this new play. Uh, So then uh, it cuts to a new fantasy, right? Uh, And this fantasy, I thought, was so close to being good. Same. It was so close. It starts... With Doug, Doug is doing this fantasy. He imagines that Judy is getting an award for directing, for directing an amazing play, right? And she yeah, goes out. The mayor out. is giving it out. Well, the mayor is announcing. And now, presenting the award for best director of a school pageant, here is world-famous Shakespearean figure skating person, Derek Derrickson. And the award goes to Judy Funny. Bravo. Okay, some famous person will give Judy an award. Yeah. And so Doug is like having an empathy moment. It's like, wow, someone else is going to do something good. And I imagine them succeeding at it. Uh-huh. And then. <laughs> and then. And then. <laughs> Doug has a. Maybe this is where the time cops show up in the fantasy. Because they're like, wait. No, it's about this you, is Doug. Changing, this is changing too much. And they flash his memory from the audience, right? Yeah. Because. Then Judy says in the fantasy, Thank you, but this award really belongs to my brother Doug, without whose brilliant performance this pageant would have really stunk. Me. <laughs> and it's an award for directing. Nah. She wants to give it to him for acting. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. Remember back just, when Doug was announced to all and sundry, he was strictly a behind-the-scenes guy? <laughs> Maybe that takes place somewhere else in the timeline. Uh, Almost definitely. I, in my notes, there's like a fucking neck-breaking 180. I was like, holy shit, he, he finally thinks something nice to someone else. Wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Same. It's so close. They almost did it. This is one of the candidates for where the time break happens, but I think there's another one coming up that's my personal take on it, but okay. we can argue this out when it comes. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so, then they, they cut back uh, to practice time out of this fucking dog shit fantasy. Behold, I am the spirit of all who founded Bluffington. I am the explorer. I am change. I am the astronaut. And his dad comes down to be grumpy at him. Yeah, his dad comes down, down the stairs to Skeeter's... Wait, so, okay, we know that this takes place after the time when Skeeter got a new room in the basement, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, good. Okay, so that's some timeline for this. Uh, but, so dad, dad comes down the stairs, and he gets mad at Skeeter because his great-great-grandpa played Thaddeus Bluff in the, in the, in the school play, and this is like, and and he won't have any son of his changing that. Yeah, and this is that's an interesting timeline because I did some math. Okay. Okay. So one, no parent has ever cared that much about a school play. That <laughs> yeah, literally absolutely. has never happened. Which Two, is demonstrated in this episode. <laughs> yes. So already we have one minor colleague, but I do the history thing, and 
Assuming linear time, which I know is a bit of an ass, <laughs> Mr. Bluff is probably in his 30s, his dad is in his 60s, granddad is in his 90s, great-great-granddad was 150 years ago. So Bluffington has been doing school plays to honor the founders since at least 1830, and that's an interesting year. Okay. Because 1830 is when Andrew Jackson gets elected, which is notable for being the election that put America, as the founding fathers imagined it, into the fucking ground. <laughs> like, okay, the best way I can describe this to you, fellow gigantic nerds, is, do you remember playing World of Warcraft at launch? I didn't. I only played the first expansion. Okay, you came in <laughs> after they'd figure out what the game actually was. Sort of. At launch, the game was a complete shit show. The game designers had their idea of how they wanted the game to be, but they hadn't put all the pieces together. Half the stats flat didn't do anything for you. Like, if you were a wizard, g increasing your intelligence got you nothing but more mana. Nothing made your spells hit harder. It was actively not in your best interest to play the game the way the, the game designers wanted you to play it, because they'd built it wrong. Because mm -hmm. they didn't know what they were doing. Andrew Jackson was the guy who took a look at the game at launch and realized, <laughs> oh, this is how you play the game if you want to win. So, okay. as a direct result of that, one, he's the first president we had who wasn't either a rich Virginian or a signer of the Declaration of Independence. Two, he won big time. Unbelievably so. Three, everyone hated his guts. Everyone okay. with power hated his guts. So what does so, this have to do with Thaddeus Bluff? <laughs> what this has to do with Thaddeus Bluff is, around that time, you suddenly saw the first breakout of, oh my god, what are people? why are people not respecting tradition? We need to make sure the next generation never produces some monster like this again. Okay. And so... I can tell you that the Founder's Day pageant in Bluffington comes from the same rotten fruit as all those statues of Confederate soldiers that went up in the aftermath of Brown versus Board of Education. <laughs> oh, God. It's one of those gross things where, oh, no, our authority has been questioned. We must indoctrinate the youth to never question the glory of those who came before again. Well, sure. there's also, like, it's a Founder's Day, even though, you know, there are people... Well, I don't, I don't know if this is actually America, but if we're talking about actually Virginia, yeah. uh, they didn't find... They, they weren't the Founders there. Yeah. I mean, there may like, have been some other people. Don't tell anyone. That's There they're, may they're, have been some stuff involving some blankets with fun little surprises inside. That's why in... Uh, so I think that they've... Well, we'll get to this when we get to the uh, uh, play itself, but there are people in the play who play talking trees, and I'm going to guess that those are whitewashed versions uh -huh. of... The yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, God. No. They oh, God. They tell him, hey, don't settle here. Why? And they oh, no. Because it's where we live, asshole. Oh, no. God, I accidentally stumbled into that. Oh, Jesus. Yep. Congratulations. We've all worked this out. We're firing on all cylinders here. God. And one more note. That means that the people who love World of Warcraft Classic are the people who worship the founders in this, yes. in the, in this metaphor. Canon. And that they're stupid, wrong, and you can still suck them for a lot of money because they want to go back to the good old days. That that good. <laughs> Don't email yeah. us. They're easy to trick. <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, but Mr. Valentine uh, is pissed that anyone would dare buck tradition. Most of all, his son. No son of mine is going to buck tradition. Uh, so, the, the dad, the Skeeter's dad, gets so pissed that he calls the mayor. He has a direct line to the mayor. Uh, <laughs> Imagine and he says, and he calling the mayor about a fucking elementary school play. <laughs> I am positive that this has happened in parts of the United States recently. Absolutely. I would not be shocked if it had happened in the town I grew up. It's such yeah, a fucking I'm full diaper move. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The perfect way to describe it. Yeah, no, this is this 
is a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. Uh, but so the the thing in this call, uh, he's calling the mayor, and he says, "Hey, mayor, uh, there is this." girl who is changing traditions and the mayor doesn't react until mr valentine says the word girl like the mayor is just listening to whatever and then he's like oh my god a girl is doing this oh fuck we gotta take action right further evidence that bob white is in fact bill clinton oh jesus oh no funny i got my energy back all of a sudden (laughs) yeah i got you fired up talking about world of warcraft (laughs) world of warcraft and terrible crimes in history oh man it's good to have you back my friend (laughs) so first time anyone's ever said that to one of my sidebars (laughs) (laughs) so no i like your content jim (laughs) anyway so mayor is worried that he's gonna lose voters from this uh and so uh, they 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 cut out of this. They they cut out of the mayor. How and could Mr. the Valentine. mayor allow this school play to occur? Right. So they cut out of this to uh, uh, the 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 their practice for this, wherein Roger uh, is is says that he's dressed in like a a wrapped up ham, like he's or like a, a wrapped up uh, like pot roast kind of thing, like mm-hmm. a tied beef round, uh, and he says. The pot roast of hospitality. I come with peas to Bluffington. And Doug is playing the bongos as a beatnik. What a fucking awful television show. Yeah, and this is the second pot roast joke that's happened in Doug. Uh, yeah. I keep track of shit like this, but it wasn't. But I checked, and it wasn't by the same writer. So it's by a different writer who's referencing someone else's material. God. Uh, okay. Also, I think that it is at this point when Roger speaks pure gibberish. That is the point the time break occurs. That okay. Is the moment that the timelines are irrevocably altered. Because, like when he's scatting? Yes. It's not a scat, it's an incantation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is just the moment that everything breaks because past that point, Mr. Valentine ceases to have the motivation he had before. Whereas Ooh. the mayor and I mean, Bone is summoned because it's time for authority to be an asshole, and that's just what Bone does. But is at this point everybody's motivations who still has them do another 180 that's true so this is the point where there may have been a partial break first and this is where the thread of fate is severed continue on in this doomed world you have created (laughs) so do you think roger did it on purpose or do you think he was like reading a line that judy gave him that she like didn't remember writing i think roger's a prick and would do it just for fun (laughs) okay fair Okay, so Roger changed the air date of each Doug episode. This'll own funny. The only explanation that makes sense. This'll own funny in some incomprehensible way. Right. Well, so, and Skeeter is in here too. He's he's doing Spaceman stuff. He's flying around uh, on a a Spider-Man, like, rappel, and he's playing a kazoo, and he's... Saying that he's Thaddeus Bluff, the spaceman, it's, it's good, actually. Uh, and Judy, like, claps. She's like, bravo, we have awakened the sleeping giant. We have drained the stagnant pond. Uh, and it's at this point that Bone and the mayor burst into the room and they say, ah, that's right, you have. What's all this brouhaha? They hired her. They knew what she, <laughs> yeah. she's about. Yep. They knew uh-huh. this on every possible level. But motivations have been rotated. That's true. Yeah, because Bone has changed his motivation in this way. That's true. Yeah, Bone probably hired her. Yes, he had to have. (laughs) Unless it was Butt Savage. We know for a fact Bone's not going to backstab Butt Savage. That's true. Hmm. Maybe Butt Savage is in league with Roger in this. Maybe he, like, gave... Because you know that Roger goes to Butt Savage's office often. And, like, that's that's stated in this, that he's in there, like, every week. So maybe Butt Savage, like, sort of, like, whispered something into him where he's like, hey, if you do this, you're out of detention for the rest of the year, right? Maybe Butt Savage is Roger. (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure about that. Like that's that's an interesting thought. But there was the episode where 
Doug went to Butt Savage's office and then got kicked out while Roger cheered him on. But maybe Roger would put a plant in there? Um, I, hmm. I don't know. Something to keep in mind. Because we haven't actually met Butt Savage yet. You never see so. his face. We never see his face, but we like see we like we need him, more right? evidence of Butt Savage before yeah. we expound. He's only in the him. second to last episode, which should have been the last episode, but they decided to put a vacation episode right after what should have been the last episode because <laughs> it's done. Interesting. You know? That okay. rules so well, much. Okay, well then let's keep this new oh, doctrine of time sickness. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is important because if it's the episode right where we see Butt Savage and Butt Savage is the controller of time in this universe and he owns Bone who runs the yodeling cabal that runs time, then Butt Savage may have placed that vacation episode at the end on purpose, right? Throw people off the scent, of course. This so, is such a smart people show. This is important. We need to remember this. We need to have this as a note. We need to footnote this episode hard. I'm gonna, where... I'm gonna watch the last episode right after we get off the call. Okay, we'll report back if you can, if your mind hasn't been shattered, and we'll, yeah. we'll know. Please do not tweet you have information that will lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton beforehand. <laughs> I know it's a fun goof. The walls on Doug's picture in this portrait on my other screen are changing colors rapidly. There are zebra stripes. We are oh, on to something here. Jesus Christ. I'm shivering. Yeah. Apropos of just that stuff we were talking about right there. <laughs> there is an interesting thing in like TV shows like uh, Westworld and shit where like longer serial, more plot driven works where the Creators are active on social media. They are. They read their own Reddits, which is the worst mistake you could possibly oh, make. No. And if they see that somebody has come up with an idea they like, they steal it. Which, in and of itself, not the worst approach. Being reactive to what your audience is looking for isn't the worst idea. But an awful lot of times, the ideas that your audience has are stupid or insane. <laughs> and you end up with the inability to tell a satisfying story because if you are trying to build towards a grand ending, going off on every little dumb side quest that the, the listenership wants, supposedly this is like half the reason the final season of Game of Thrones sucked ass. One, they were trying to speed run uh, the original plans for season six. And two, they figured... Oh, we'll just alter all the characters a little bit in ways that the fandom likes. And so you have people who are complete pieces of shit suddenly being stripped of all of their motivating awfulness and thus all of their relevancy. You end up with this horrible little twist situation where characters are making abrupt 180s on what they would have done because, look, the plot needs this to happen now. And... I feel like this episode has some echo of that sickness insofar as, well, we establish these characters. We establish what their motivations are. And then because we need the episode to end, they just don't have them anymore. So, you know, what's really funny is they could have solved this in this episode by having Doug's parents in it who talk to both Skeeter's dad and also Mr. Bone. Mm -hmm. Yes. That could have solved all of this because they would have been like, hey, Give her a chance. She's my daughter. Or, hey, isn't it cool that at least your son is on stage? Like, what? That's <laughs> the good. Yeah, yeah, no. She gets <laughs> what, like, either Doug's dad or Doug's mom is talking with Skeeter's dad. And the audience like, oh, it's just so wonderful to see our kids up on stage, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he changes tone. And he just kind of goes like, yeah. Just anything. Yeah. It could be bad, too. It, it's fine if it's bad because it would have been something. Maybe yes. Doug's parents are Mr. Butt Savage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, now my great overarching theory. theory is that none of this is happening and it's on Doug's mind. So everybody is everybody. <laughs> <laughs> everybody is everybody. Doug is Good. all and all is Doug. Yeah, pretty much. Just he like my brain. Award. That's why he got an award for directing when he was an uh, actor. <laughs> yep. Because he was also directing it. God. He was also the guy that gave him the uh, award, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. You know, just okay. know that Ken Kenson or whatever the hell the guy's name Derek was. Derek Derrickson. He shows up in the next episode, too. 
Oh, hell yes. You just know that was a reference to somebody who was in the Winter Olympics in, like, 91 or 92. Yeah. It's almost uh, definitely what that is, because otherwise, why would you say that? Because it's so funny. It's, <laughs> it's the, hey, joke. remember this thing, referential humor. Like, it's as, uh, hey, remember this thing, except for, you don't remember this thing. It's dead. It's buried. Nobody remembers it. This was only well, marginally funny in the 15 seconds after it was released. It's another question of who is this for? <laughs> well, speaking of which, uh, Judy tells the mayor and Bone as they come in that this is the death of a boring pageant and the rebirth of history. You're witness so, to a great becoming. Yeah. <laughs> so she knows that this is for nobody also. <laughs> uh, and uh, Bone tells her to get out that he's taking over and everyone get in the regular costumes because judy is fired and roger is pumped that now doug is his ass again uh -huh. in morris costume he finally gets like, to eat oh, out oh, roger. also i do have to chime in with uh, what the mayor says excuse me young person but what i believe we have here is a well a big fat pimple on our beautiful bluffington history now how do we deal with a zit which is whoa a little bit uh, <laughs> hardcore there mr mayor <laughs> you put medication on her until she goes away or you blow her up <laughs> or you fucking stab her <laughs> god anyways <laughs> doug uh <laughs> doug is now pissed that the show is boring right like whereas before he, he was incredibly terrified of judy <laughs> well they were right. all pumped about being in the play to begin with so like he yeah. was excited to begin with but he now he's not yeah, time yeah. broke at some point between Doug's last line and this one. It's true. Yeah, I think that spot where you called out Jim is a very good possibility. Uh, so people, it cuts to opening night. Uh, people are showing up. They've got, uh, they're, they're prepared to fall asleep in it, like clearly, because everybody's showing up with like pillows and newspapers and picnic supplies. One guy's like, drinking yeah, straight out of what has to be a bottle of vodka. There's no, yeah. there's no other interpretation of it by the way it looks. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's, pounding it. Yeah, he's no. getting ice, bro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so they're like they're getting ready for it, uh, and then it cuts to the show actually starting. Uh, and yeah, this is the spot where like Roger's goons are playing like trees in the town, and they're sentient trees, and they're telling Thaddeus Bluff and his wife oh. Patty. I do have to, like, the line from Thaddeus Bluff, which is absolutely how Jim Jenkins proposed to his fiance. <laughs> Truly, this looks like a good spot to settle. What say you, wife? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> the trees, of course, respond to this by saying, hey, don't. And... And yeah, I think that this is like the history whitewash yeah. of like the natives. Sanitized. Hey, look at this oh. land we found. This yeah. is ours now. Huh, some local landmarks have told us, no, don't be here. And we've told them, no, fuck off. There's a quote later that I think Doug says that Thaddeus Bluff wouldn't have found in this town if he acted like us. Yeah, he shouldn't have. <laughs> what Let you do is a, is a genocide, Thaddeus. Let us chop down these trees winking into the camera God. to clear land. We must order in additional muskets to properly clear cut them. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, maybe we can plant these trees somewhere else where they'll uh. be happier. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck you, America. <laughs> <laughs> May that be said of us and all of us. It's pretty brutal. Uh, yeah, it's it's not great. It's also, as a side <laughs> note, hey, remember back in uh, Nature Dom's Doug where the Roger was telling the stories of the horrible trees that would beat you up? Yeah. The mythology carries down. Jeez. The kids have been taught to fear the trees because oh, the trees will get you if you go into the woods where you can find arrowheads for some reason. Because oh, the meaning has been lost to time. The uh, meaning yep. has been like whitewashed out of the history classes. And so people think that it's like actually the trees that will beat you up. Oh, no. Oh, shit. It makes a lot more sense if you view it through that lens. Oh, no. <laughs> I hate the show. Moving on in the play. <laughs> 
We get to uh, also just completing the colonial stupidity timeline. Patty, as Mrs. Thaddeus Bluff, says, You must ride to Fort Lucky Duck and bring back food to save us from starvation. Because that was a pretty common theme in early colonies because we didn't know how to grow food in America. People thought that growing corn would turn you... Well, either it would make you unhealthy, or it would turn you into a Native American, or it would just make your dick fall off. There were all sorts of things, and anyway, they kept on trying to grow European crops, and as a result, spent a lot of their early, uh, colony time starving to death. Jeez. Well, so yeah, that, 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 the end of that is Chalky as like a messenger or something jumping on the back of the horse who was manned by Doug and Roger, and then the horse collapses, and like, it collapses directly on Doug's fucking head, like Chalky is falling on Doug's head. Doug is executed by Chalky's ass. Why would you (laughs) ride a horse being piloted by two people? Because you want to kill Doug? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, just not have the horse. The horse doesn't have any speaking lines, obviously. Just don't have the horse. Yeah, Uh no, there was an awful lot of buildup to this not a joke. Yeah, to Doug's execution. (laughs) 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 Finally. Uh, And so... There's then it, like uh, the curtain closes uh, and it shows the audience who is all like falling asleep or drinking heavily, and uh, then like Mr. Bone is like he notices that someone in the audience there's a man who is wearing a beard and a beret and he's taking notes furiously, uh, and Bone notices him and tells Papa Valentine he's like oh man there's the drama theater coaches here oh. No, like and the drama, like the film reviewer from the Bluffington Post or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's okay. <laughs> exactly. Who cares? Hey, hey what, what kind of building are we in right now? Oh, yeah, it's an elementary school. <laughs> yeah. It does. None of this matter. Like, this joke doesn't mean anything. Like, the fact that this is happening anywhere, doesn't anywhere. It's not funny. It's just. Yeah. It's so. It's, it's like almost nihilistic. Right. Yeah, this goes nowhere. Like you'd think it was a setup of some kind because it's clearly Judy in disguise, but right. she doesn't get anything out of it. Right. Yeah, we cut to the backstage now. It's like halftime at the play, and uh, then uh, Doug is back there. He's making an inspiring speech. You know, Judy's right. What good is tradition if it doesn't mean anything? Thaddeus Bluff would have never founded this town if he had acted like us. He didn't believe in meaningless tradition, and neither should we. Meaningless traditions like don't kill every other person you see if they're a different color than you. Yeah, I mean, I think Doug in this is like a founding father's worshiper guy. Oh, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, they were smart and good and and infallible. Therefore, we should do a cool play. (laughs) We should do a cooler play about them. That I, it's weird. The moral is so muddled. A little bit. Um, And then the drama critic comes backstage and is like, that was a very good speech, Doug. But hey, it's Judy now. She takes off her costume, and for whatever, there's no reason for her to be in the costume. That's the payoff to that setup we were talking about earlier. It's like, she could have just gone backstage, you know, not dressed as a critic. (laughs) Uh But, you know, they have to make her a master of disguise, I guess. That that adds so much to the episode and to her character. And I can't wait for this episode to be over. (laughs) Wait, so this must take place after the No Cousin Melvin episode. Because she was in disguise sure. in that one. Yeah. And this, or it's before it, because it establishes in this one yeah. that she's a master of disguise. Time connection there is tentative. We'll figure it's, it out later. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so, uh, well, okay, no, 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 it's that Doug, Doug and Skeeter didn't know that she was a master of disguise in that episode. So this episode takes place before that episode, because in this one, they realize that she's a master of disguise. Or no, she, they know... Fuck, man, I don't know. They don't know it in either one. They didn't learn anything. Anyway, so... Judy tells them that it is time to save this fetid pig and it is time to do the other play. Uh, I guess they memorized lines for both of them. I guess they did. And they go back on stage and they do the one scene that they were doing the other time. So there's just, there's literally one scene in this play. It's a one scene play. It's all the hotness in 1992. 
<laughs> and uh, every Bone is pissed, and he like tells Mr. Valentine, "We gotta, we gotta do something." But Mr. Valentine loves the show. It shows that he loves the son more than his son more than tradition. With so that's no my boy. To that, no reason for the 180. I mean, he saw Skeeter doing practicing downstairs, doing exactly what we're seeing on stage right now, and now he's happy about it. Yeah. So the time break exists. Uh, somebody, the men in black showed up and yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, or maybe it's just that he realizes in this moment that family is more important than tradition, I, but there's no, the nice there's no way, way to, to explain. They don't explain if that's the case, they don't have any setup or any explanation for it. That's true. Yeah. It's just like, that's just, my boy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> he's, he's just my boy. What you he's saw cool. like four minutes ago. Just forget about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Um, but everyone else loves it. Everyone in the in the crowd loves it. Uh, they stop drinking heavily and they just fucking <laughs> lose their shit. Um, They're also all drunk enough at this stage that wait, <laughs> yeah. wait, did I have some of the good stuff? Right. Yeah. Uh, so and then now the play's over. Uh, that's it. It's the one scene, uh, and Bone goes backstage to tell them that they have to redo it. They're gonna do the other play until they get it right. And uh, but it's over now. Yeah, it's and done. It's you're fucking. It's, it's, it's it. That's not how plays work. It doesn't happen again, Bone. Yeah, they. Uh, well, they open the curtain because it's over now. While Bone is all... still yelling at them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. While Bone is still losing it in the back, uh, and it's time for the bow. But in this scene, when they open the curtain. Doug is still behind the curtain. They open the curtain. Doug's still in the back. <laughs> it like shows his feet. He's like underneath the curtain. It's awesome. That rules. I missed that. Uh, but now they all take a bow and uh, Doug is there now. And uh, Judy's like, hey, D- Mr. Bone, you should take a bow because you did this. It's yours, Right, yeah. it's the the authority that did it, not me being brave. No, it's it's no. the it's the boss. The boss did it. It's the I, boss who actively tried to stop this. He gets credit, right? I mean, that's been the theme. Like, speaking of repeating yeah. uh, plots, the plot, the moral is repeated here too. Of that, you can flatter authority to yeah. get what you want. Rebel against authority, sure, but always rebel against it while in a constant stance of cringing supplication towards it. Uh huh. Such a muddled <laughs> mess. Well, Doug uh, closes this out. He tells us the moral that he thinks there it is. He says, I don't think everyone understood Judy's version of the pageant, but I guess even a town as traditional as ours can stand and shake it up once in a while. And thanks to my sister Judy, I don't think Bluffington will ever be quite the same. Truly baffling sentence. <laughs> just truly insane she did a weird version of a school play about the founding fathers of the town uh-huh that's not yeah. anything doug yeah you know what actually changes a town legislation yeah <laughs> no one is going to remember this tomorrow let really? alone forever in this universe we're not sure tomorrow happens tomorrow and as you say that, when when Doug says that I don't think Bluffington will ever be the same again, a comet passes through the sky and lands <laughs> close in the horizon. <laughs> fucking blows the town up. <laughs> oh, wait, no. That actually confirms that this is the work of Fentruck sorcery because that was bringing the astral entities from beyond to a place that he can work with them. Yes, a comet is sighted, and the stability lowers the economy, you fools. <laughs> oh, God. Next time, uh, we will attempt to raise the autocracy value of Bluffington. No, no. We will, uh, we'll, we'll spend dipler, we'll spend administrative points to get the administrative stability back. Anyway. Sidebar for those of you who haven't caught our brand of brain sickness during quarantine, we've been playing a lot of Europa Universalis 4. It's a very fun video game, and it will make you think that's hilarious. It has menus and sub-menus, and our friend had to give us a two-hour tutorial on how to look at them. 
As a bonus, you can create the United States of it's just Florida, also Florida, and Alaska. Yeah. Which is where, by the way, Doug is set, just so you're aware. This is all happening in Florida. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's let's talk about as we do on these things. What is the moral in this episode, do you think? Change is okay as long as you still flatter authority while you do it. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Absolutely nothing yeah. matters. <laughs> Time is sicker than we ever knew it to be. There are yeah. those tasks with the maintenance of time, but they've been corrupted by outside forces, and as such are just demolishing it as they will, leaving only marks in fantasy behind to indicate their passage. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> also, Mr. Valentine's brain is fucking putty. Yeah, it's been flashed too many times by the men in black. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, that, wait, that's why he can't remember statements. Mr. Valentine's yes! thing is that he can always, he can never remember nouns. He's like, you don't mean the, uh, uh, the, uh, F- Founder's Day pageant? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, Mr. Valentine's been given My brain God. damage by the multiple oh. timeline shifts. That's what it is. Oh, Jesus. All right. Well, let's build on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's call this one here. <laughs> Many truths <laughs> revealed in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone, in another episode of The Funny uh, Favors. We'll see you next time. My Goodbye. brain hurts. Bye. Bye.